0: leading organizations with intentionality and purpose is complex work. And dedicated leaders work tirelessly each and every day to build impactful cultures of collaboration. But effective collaboration is difficult and messy. The good news is you don't have to do it alone. Join the Jigsaw Learning Team for leading collaborative response, sharing insights for leaders committed to establishing, refining and deepening collaborative response in their organization. Welcome back again to Leading Collaborative Response, where I'm joined once again, fortunately, by Curtis and Lorna Houston, lead learners and co-founders of Jigsaw Learning. So hi, guys.
1: Hey, hi Jen. Jen.
0: How are you doing today? Not too bad. Yourselves?
1: Yeah, doing great. Good. Thank you. We can see the uh, school end and summer uh, time just on the horizon. So... That uh, That is exciting and also coming up very, very quick. <laughs> well, I know time has passed quickly
0: leading up to this because you two got to spend some time in Boston. And while that might seem like it's a far past event, I don't know that our audience has got to hear about your adventures. So tell me about Boston.
1: Yeah, so we had the opportunity. Uh, actually, it was quite a while back. We are huge fans of the band Foo Fighters and had booked tickets to see them in Seattle on Safeco Field. And then their drummer, Taylor, passed away unexpectedly. That was canceled. And so we had to put those plans on hold. When they uh, announced that they would be doing some new uh, different festivals and that that came up, we said, all right, we can rebook tickets for that. And I think it was their second performance was at Boston Calling festival in boston so we did a friday to monday little trip that included that and then had a chance to see some of the city as well
2: yeah it was a beautiful city yeah and the history there of course is
0: oh we love just
2: amazing so yeah we had we had a wonderful time there it was just a beautiful city and we had a chance to be able to reconnect with uh my son's best friend, which he is now working at MIT. Yeah, and, postdoctoral um,
1: student at MIT.
2: Yeah, uh, really exciting to be able to hear the work that he's been doing and how he's been doing in Boston. This little, little small town boy going, <laughs> moving across the country to Boston and living in this huge city. It was, it was really fascinating. The to interesting with. part
1: of that is we posted up. A selfie uh, for some friends yeah. right at the very start of our time there to say hey, we've made it in Boston calling looking great and we got the message back from him saying oh my goodness you're about five minutes away from my apartment and we had totally forgotten that he was there so yeah it was a great chance to be able to connect it was as well. Very
2: cool because the concert was on the Harvard Athletic grounds So that was neat to be there too Mm -hmm. and do a wander about Harvard. So (laughs) we really enjoyed the time there.
1: And again, seems like a distant memory. It was just a few (laughs) days and then boom, right back into the uh, school June craziness.
0: Well, you talk a lot about connections and, uh, you know, it's awesome when you can make personal connections and I know that we've made connections in the work that we do. And so our topic today has broached around the idea of bringing new people into collaborative culture Mm -hmm. and the the scenario we present actually came to us at the collaborative response retreat this year because a leadership team from a school had expressed some concern about the idea that they were getting a new principal in their school and Mm. I just want to ask like how valid a concern is that when it comes to living collaborative response in a school yeah
1: so in that particular situation it was a leadership team who felt like they were getting momentum had put a lot of things in place and working with a principal very supportive and backing of the work and oh my goodness we're not sure who's coming in and what if that person doesn't see the vision that we have for the work or or understand the past work that's done. So when you ask the question, how valid is the concern? I think we'd say it's valid enough to have a podcast about it. But I do really think that especially when we talk about new principles coming in, our experience has been in this that the principle is absolutely key to this work. There was a number of years ago where we would have schools that would say, oh, yeah, we're interested in doing this, but we'll send our learning support teacher To learn and then bring things back or I have an assistant principal that's really taking the lead within this but so much of the work is all about how do we collaboratively respond in our building that it inevitably in time impacts every piece of life that happens within a school from timetabling to how we provide support within the school how we access support beyond the school how we coordinate. The data, how the school improvement plan informs and guides the work. So I think today we really want to talk about the idea of how do we ensure effective induction for new leaders coming in and transition. So that again, we are not saying that this person must fall in line with what we've already been doing, but they certainly need to understand And make the connections so that then they can help us take it so much further. Because again, collaborative response is not a program. It's not a model. It's not a a set of structures that we check off like a checklist. It's a way of thinking in a school. And if your key leadership is not part of that way of thinking, there's going to be an incredible disconnect.
0: So in this place where we know that transitions happen and people come and people go, what can schools do to be ready to sustain
2: their collaborative response regardless of who comes in and who leaves? So I think one of the most critical things is really looking at documentation of your processes and structures. So how are you communicating and evidencing the work that you have done Work so hard on to be able to establish within your school so making sure that you have created either a a document that becomes that poster of our uh, of the work that we're doing within our school for example, that idea of, you know, we articulate our layers of teams and what are the purpose of each of our teams. So having that document in place confirms that this is the way that we do things. And this will help to be able to communicate to any leader, whether it's a a new principal, assistant principal, a new learning support teacher, it doesn't doesn't matter, or even teachers, we are trying to communicate well and really solidify all of that good work that we've been working toward in implementing collaborative response.
1: I think also of some schools like Clear Vista or Connaught School, a shout out to those if you're listening uh, to the podcast as well, when they have um, meeting spaces that have been intentionally designed, so things like Uh, visuals for how we walk through our key issue process, our norms, our visualization of data. Um, If those are established, again, if I'm a new principal coming into a school, I'm coming into that space and going, wow, how does this all connect? What, What is it that's already happening within the school? So I think that really thinking about how do we ensure that our work is visualized and present in artifacts and not just in In our headspaces, or the living memory or organizational memory of the school, to be able to say, "Well, remember, we talked about that in a staff meeting back in September. Well, we have people that are with us who were not part of that conversation. So how do we continue to document? And whether that's through school dashboards or repositories, or we think about schools that have shared folders where all of their collaborative response work is laid out Um, I think that's really critical one of our pieces of advice to that particular school that we started off the episode with was um, how does onboarding happen within the division and even though this was in a division that didn't have collaborative response as an overarching way of doing things which again makes things even that little bit more difficult uh, if that was the case I would be reaching out to ask how is the division helping to onboard Uh, administrators around collaborative response and and understanding the, the nuances and connections.
2: And on the other side of that, if a district is engaging, it becomes a little bit of an easier conversation because yeah. you have support from the teaching team and the staff at the school. And then you also have support at that district level to be able to bring uh, new admin or new leaders into that role. So that becomes a little bit easier when you're in the situation of district mm-hmm. engaging in the work
0: presenting you with the scenario here. I'm in a small rural school. We might be piloting collaborative response and we've had some pretty effective things happen to this point. Our small team, our administrators now leaving, we're getting a new principal. How do we approach the conversation about how we collaborate and and why we don't want to lose it?
1: Well, I think the first start of that is Just taking off exactly where you started that question in regards to as a team let's come together and make a plan let's come together and really talk about what are we going to do to ensure that the new individual joining us whoever that is whether it's a known individual yet or not what's our plan to be able to lay out what it is that we did and that's actually one of the conversations we had with that school at the retreat of let's kind of lay out a bit of a plan to help a new person come in and understand the work that's been happening.
2: But being sure to be positive and sharing, you know, the successes that you've seen through this work and why it's important for us to be able to continue just uh, remaining really positive about You know, sharing the aspects of the work that have contributed to student learning, success for students, and success for uh, teachers and the teams across the school.
1: Well, and we talked about this in a podcast around onboarding system leaders too, but the power of the student story is really, really valuable. When we could come and share that one of the students you're going to be meeting soon is X and Let's talk about some of the things we've put into place as a result of our collaborative structures and processes, the way we engage in our meetings, our continuums of support. Let's show through the lens of even a couple students how this work has had tremendous impact. I think that's hugely, hugely valuable,
2: I think too. it's it's not just the uh, the successes that we've seen for students, mm-hmm. but, successes for staff members as well. If you can have a staff member talk about how practice has changed for them because of the collaborative efforts that have been uh, implemented in the school, that becomes a really compelling conversation as well.
1: I think one of the things too that's really important uh, for anyone that's listening who may be in this scenario is and Lorna alluded to it that coming at it from a place of positivity and not fear of, oh, my goodness, we're going to lose all this work that we've done. But rather, we have an exciting opportunity of a new leader coming in the building who who can help us take some next steps, potentially, because there's always that space when new leadership comes in, where we can look at some different ways of doing things than we have in the past by the very nature of somebody a new perspective and new leadership skill set coming into the building so how do we how do we leverage that and i think one of the things too is uh, take a little bit of time to do a bit of research on the person coming in what has been areas of success things that they've done that could be leveraged and, and utilized to help continue to move us forward collectively
0: Curtis, are we Google searching and cyber stalking?
1: <laughs> <Perhaps>. Potentially.
0: <laughs>
1: if I had a new principal joining and had any of those trepidations, I'd be doing a quick little search to determine where's the person been before, what's what's happened, and how can we make those connections to so that we really start off the relationship as a collaborative we rather than new person coming in and now we're defensive, we're super scared we're going to lose stuff and and we come at a new leader from a please don't wreck this mentality that sets them up for a really difficult starting place in a school.
0: Well I want to present another scenario to you because as someone who worked in a school over the course of eight years and had five new principals and eight new assistant principals in that time (laughs) there are scenarios where the principal is hired right before the start of school or the principal has been engaged in district meetings and community meetings. And so the first opportunity that might be able to be had to have that conversation about how we collaborate and our connection to collaborative response might be that first staff meeting. Mm -hmm. And so in that forum, how might a leadership team or a group of teachers, if this is a principal scenario where there is no assistant principal, how might they approach that conversation in that environment?
1: I think let's start with the antithesis to that question of what not to do. And I think the worst thing we can do is at that staff meeting turn to, we're going to convince one person in the room of why what we've done is working really well. I think that's a really dangerous place to be going into. I think especially at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I go back to something that Lorna mentioned in one of our other podcasts, that idea of onboarding actually is an opportunity to refresh and renew understanding for everyone. So I think I would be asking on the agenda, could we have some time to review the collaborative response work and that we make it a overall review for everyone opportunities for questions. And it becomes a really natural infusion for uh, our new leader to just start to get an understanding of what it is that we're doing and being able to, again, listen to what others are saying to help their, reinforce their understanding.
2: And I think sharing, uh, any kind of sharing, <laughs> that it leads to that positive um, aspects of how they've seen growth and how they've seen uh, learning improve. Can even go into more specific components of collaborative response to be able to look at, you know, here are the, our layers of teams, and within our collaborative planning time, this is what we've been able to do and share successes mm-hmm. from that that teacher planning time that we have embedded in our in our schedule and then even going into our collaborative team meetings well this is this is the process and this is what we've been able to do and again really focusing on the positives the successes that we've seen And some of the changes that have occurred due to those levels of teams that we have in place and how it's functioning for them. You know, it might even be beneficial during that time to be able to say, and here are some of the challenges that we've had as well, to be able to share that it's not just a it's it's not an ideal <laughs> that that this just all comes together easily that that they actually have as a team, we've worked hard to put mm-hmm. this in place. And here's a challenge that we've had, but this is how we overcame that challenge and really demonstrating how that journey has been really important to them.
1: So if I could visualize what that would look like, I could see our collaborative response lead team being able to do a little bit of a presentation on let's review collaborative response, some of the successes we have saw last year, some of the adjustments that we've made for this year, and then opportunities for staff to be able to talk. And I could see even just an organizer where we're gonna put people into teams and talk about what were successes that you felt, what are questions that you have moving forward, maybe even a simple um, T-chart of, what what should we keep and what should we consider for adjustments and then gathering that back and then i think it becomes a really valuable way for that lead team with the principal to be able to review and i would suspect that in that review process of the information that's come back from staff there's going to be a lot of questions that'll get posed from a new leader perspective as they're trying to understand and unpack it all but then it's really creating a we process rather than a there's this new person and this lead team and we're trying to find a way to meet in the middle i i think there's a way that that we can say all right in that smaller group let's review some of the responses from our staff and what could be some next steps and what do you see as some next steps
2: and i think another another component of that process could be ensuring that the teachers talk about the why Mm
1: -hmm. why
2: do we do this and because as as we know there is much more to collaborative response than just the structures and processes and the, you know, all of the things that we do, but we are actually creating a culture of collaboration behind that. And so for them to be able to articulate that why is really important. And even in things like um, within our collaborative team meeting, when we have those conversations about what else we can do in the, at the classroom, then we have fewer kids moving to those more intensive levels of support over time. So ensuring that that understanding is there and we're doing this for uh, the clear purpose of supporting all kids and ensuring that our more intensive services are not overloaded. Mm-hmm. It's so a lot for a leader to
0: to to walk into. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, that's I, for sure. I, I mean, the feeling of being a teacher and walking into the collaborative culture—like there's, you—you've got you've got some other teachers that are going to take you under their wing and guide you along, right? But as as a leader, like that that might be a little bit overwhelming. And so, in my head, I'm sitting here thinking you know what about what about the welcome wagon like most most staffs have you know a welcome <laughs> committee to welcome the new staff and i'm like yeah. how do we slip the book into the welcome package
1: and yeah.
0: just just have it on and the desk you know, <laughs> well, <with> the bow. <laughs> and i think
1: realistically if i'm a new principal and i've been hired to come into the school and i very quickly understand oh my goodness there's some really strong structures and processes and things in place I'm getting really excited rather than a situation of, I walk in and go, oh boy, there's a lot of heavy lifting that's going to have to happen for us to really start to work on a, a collaborative culture
2: and really if a new leader comes into this and a staff is so passionate about where they are in the next steps and being able to maintain and continue mm-hmm. that momentum then most leaders in that position will say at least you know what i'm going to watch and see how this works and yeah, yeah, how I it understand. functions for, you know, at least three or four months to be able to get a really good sense of where they're at, and then to jump in and perhaps uh, help to grow and expand the learning that they're doing in that staff. I think it's an interesting scenario where most
0: collaborative team meetings I experience, it is the principal who is the facilitator of that meeting or the assistant principal if smaller groups are breaking out at the same time. So, there's an opportunity here for teacher leaders to step up and fill in that facilitator role based on their experience to demonstrate for a new principal, you know, here's how we'd like you to engage with us.
1: Absolutely. And I, I love the intentional wording there, Jen, of opportunity. I think there's a huge mind shift that we want to make sure is in place of new leaders bring new opportunities, Mm -hmm. um, new possibilities, For us to consider. And if you go into a mindset of, oh goodness, there's a good chance we're going to lose everything, I think that's probably a a difficult mindset to work through when trying to build a, a culture of team where a new principle is a very critical component of that.
2: But again, remaining, you know, really thinking about the positive side Mm -hmm. of this gives an opportunity for us to be able to renew our own understanding through some of the activities that we just talked about. But also then, you know, what is the reflection of how do we move things forward and together, not not us against them <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah okay so i have one more question for you but i'm i'm going to rephrase this question based on the conversation you had
1: this question is brought to you by WeCollab. designed by educators for educators this comprehensive digital system aligns with the foundational components of collaborative response Moving from conversation to action, we WeCollab empowers classrooms, schools, and systems to provide the very best response for each and every child by informing action-based decision-making with data and evidence supporting student success.
0: This question started out as, uh, you know, what do we do to ensure we do not lose our way of doing things with collaborative response? But Let me shift that and say, okay, so as a collaborative group of teachers, what can we do to invite a new leader in to our collaborative culture to ensure that we can sustain and maintain the good things that we're doing because we believe every child deserves a team?
1: Well, I think the first goes right back to where we started of, do we have a plan? Have we created a, this is how we think we're moving forward to be able to share thoughts around a plan it's way more succinct and something we can build on than just coming forth with ideas you know when we present that solution but i think one of the keys is being really honest about where we're at um, as a school and not painting a idyllic picture for a new person coming in because let's be perfectly honest You may actually have people on your staff that are super excited that the collaborative response work may be coming to an end because we know that it's hard work. It's hard work. And there's always going to be team members at different points along their journey. And everybody comes into engagement and, and reform work at different points. And there could be people on your staff that do not see that the work is having the same impact that a leadership is having. And there may be staff members who are excited that these meetings where I have to talk about my practice and be really vulnerable and open up and it's it's uncomfortable uh, for us, may not be at a place of enjoying that discomfort <laughs> at this point. So being able to be honest to say, you know, there's going to be some staff members that you talk to that are not fully on board with things yet and I think that's really important it would be I think detrimental to be able to paint a picture of this is great we're doing so much everybody loves the work and then when a a new principal is having their conversations that they're going to have as they're establishing relationships with staff hearing things that are contrary to that rainbows and sunshine um that that we're presenting. So I think being really honest, if here's some of our challenge, here's some things that we've needed to work on that we we still are not there yet. And then being able to say, we would love to hear your thoughts and, and how, how we can help address some of our next steps.
2: It also, we mentioned this earlier, too, that it it also is way easier to talk through the documentation, talk through uh, the templates and the resources that you have already established, and there might be revision through that, but just... Um, That becomes an easier conversation about this is the way that we have been doing our meetings. And here is the evidence of all of our uh, time together, our records, our our agendas, uh, and being able to share all of that as evidence of of the learning that they have done not to be in that place of we can't make any changes because we know that that's a mm-hmm. principle of collaborative response as well is always looking at how do we do this better how yeah, do we make next week yeah how do we keep moving forward and uh and improving on what we do for kids and for teachers
1: and it goes back to what you said there lorna of when we can provide the evidence here's here's A document that shows how we've uh, envisioned layers of team it's way easier for me as a new principal to visualize how things all connect than someone just explaining it to me and I'm having a real difficult time creating that picture in my mind of how does everything connect because we know as schools engage in this work it doesn't happen right at the very front where people go oh I see how everything joins together no it's it's through the process and the learning that eventually we reach that point. And we often say it's usually into year two before people go, oh, I see how this is all connecting. As they live through that, well, a new principle has been coming in is going to need time. And that time is going to get accelerated if we can help to visualize how things connect. It's through this showing of our artifacts, our documents, our meeting room that has all of these pieces, it's, I would start to see a picture of how it all forms together as a new principle much, much faster than you sitting down for 20 minutes and explaining everything that I have to try and put together visually.
0: I have to say, I appreciate how both of you approach that question, the idea of, you know, presenting a solution with the visuals and the documentations, because it is, you're absolutely right. It is far easier to engage with something tangible than mm-hmm. it is to try and draw on my own experiences to make clarity of something someone is trying to share with me. Yeah. But that idea that collaborative response is not something that is done right? We talk about it as it's a, it's a way of thinking. It's a way of operating. It's how we do things, but it is that constant refinement and that evolution. And the two of you can speak to this because you are over a decade into this work and still learning from all of the partners we've been able to engage with.
1: hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
0: So, I love the perspective that a new leader is an opportunity to enhance and grow our collaborative response in a school. And I really feel like that is a key message that our audience should take away from us.
1: Yeah, I think so. And again, just as every engagement, every opportunity that we have to engage with different schools, different districts, different leaders, there's another moment of clarity that happens. So, I think, again, in all of these conversations that we've had with onboarding, I think it's so important for people to always consider that new perspectives being brought into this work is fantastic. It it might allow us to take some steps that we could not have done without transition and renewal.
0: So I'm going to make a little plug here for those that are in those leadership roles that are experiencing new principles. Sometimes just a quick email with a, hey, have you checked out this podcast? Or, hey, have you read this blog? Or, hey, here's a template I came across. What might you think if we tried to use this with our school staff? There are all sorts of resources available from Jigsaw Learning around collaborative response that might just be the little nuggets to help you continue along your way. So some of those will be linked in the podcast description and the YouTube description there. And others, obviously, check out the website, become a Jigsaw Learning insider, uh, become a collaborative response member so that you have access to all of those things. So whatever you need to continue to move your journey along in your school, Jigsaw Learning has the resources to help you do that.
1: And we'd encourage for anyone that's listening or viewing this podcast, if you have experiences that could add uh, to this, please, we would love to hear it. Love for you to share. I recently saw a school... That had created a set of slides that could explain what collaborative responses within their school that they plan to use at their first staff meeting. It was an awesome thing to be able to see. So please, please share how you've transitioned new people, new leaders coming into your schools.
2: And if this has initiated questions for you, please reach out and ask your questions too. Absolutely.
1: Ensuring success for all students is a moral imperative for all schools, but it takes a highly coordinated framework of structures and processes to maximize the collective capacity of the team.
2: In collaborative response, three foundational components that transform how we respond to the needs of learners. We share an organizational mindset that involves fundamental shifts for schools and districts.
1: Numerous school and district examples, as well as access to a large number of resources are provided within the text and in the accompanying companion website. Join
2: the growing number of schools using collaborative response to ensure high levels of success for students and staff, stemming from the essential belief that every child deserves a team. Change brings us out
0: of our comfort zone and puts us in a position of adapting to something new in our environment. When that something new is a principal who may be coming into a school, who may or may not have a background in collaborative response, it it can cause a little bit of a scare. But one of the big key learnings from the conversation I just had with Curtis and Lorna is that shift in mindset. How do we take that scare, that fear of loss, and shift our thinking to how could this new leader help us to gain something for our collaborative response? What perspective might they bring? What questions might they ask that could help us clarify our why, more clearly articulate our how, provide some additional supports for students that we hadn't considered? So really, that this new leadership is an opportunity to continue to grow your collaborative response because you've added a new perspective. Second key learning, and this is not only from this conversation, but my own experience is have a plan. And in that plan, you want to be honest about the situation, where you're at, why you're there, what challenges you have faced and overcome, what challenges you're anticipating, and invite the thoughts of that leader into that conversation, but laying it out so that you can follow it through and you don't get flustered in a conversation where you are going to be asked questions by a leader, especially if they are unfamiliar with what you're presenting. And in that notion of presentation, Curtis spoke briefly of it, but we've talked a little bit about it all the way through this particular set of podcasts around the idea of onboarding or bringing people into a collaborative culture. Documentation, that systematization, that planning for people to shift, to leave. If we operate consistently that we don't know what tomorrow will bring and we don't know who will be in our building, in which roles, it puts us in that position of clearly articulating everything that we have, right? Our continuum of supports, the data and evidence through an assessment plan related to the priority areas, and the structures and processes, our layers of team, who meets when, why, what's to be discussed at those meetings. The more clearly that is articulated, the easier that is to present to a leader so that they can gain that deeper understanding of why a group of collaborative teachers and or assistant principals and or other staff members might be so passionate about engaging in collaborative response. But the documentation is not only about those hard templates or samples that exist as a result of an artifact or an activity, but it's also the documentation of those stories. So take time to Capture a video of a student who has experienced growth. Take time to have a teacher record a voice memo about how collaborative response has impacted their teaching practice. Put together a set of blogs as a staff within your school of what you've noticed about engaging in collaborative response and how it is impacting the culture of collaboration in your school. Those are just some ideas. To add into that idea of documentation, but remembering that documentation is not only about the tangible pieces, but sometimes it's about that qualitative communication about the impact of the professional learning. As someone who has experienced a multitude of leaders over a short number of years, what I can say is this My experience is they want to learn about the culture of the school. They want to engage with the staff in an authentic and real way. And they are there to support staff, students, the community, or they wouldn't have applied on the job. And so the more that we can support those in leadership roles, in understanding, and then inviting that leader to distribute some leadership back to us, I think that there is an appreciation that is gained for the understanding of how much actually happens out of that principal's chair and how much impact you can truly have as a teacher in your school about informing the structures, informing the professional learning, informing the supports that are available to students. Because we know that teachers operate from a place where They want what's best for students. And for those that have lived collaborative response, they understand the mantra, every child deserves a team. For more on collaborative response, visit jigsawlearning.ca or join the JL Insider to receive access to newly added resources and content. Make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast and the Jigsaw Learning YouTube channel to access past and upcoming episodes. Join us again to continue to build your own capacity and leading collaborative response in your context.